guys, how are we? I hope we're all doing well. Today's episode is a very different one. And that's because I am the one being interviewed on this episode. So a few months ago, I was invited to be a part of the wonderful Yana Nix's summit. And this summit was called Head to Heart. And it was all about how to navigate business with your intuition and your emotion and listening to your heart as much as your head. And I know this all sounds I mean, a little bit woo-woo, maybe some of you might find it a bit cringe, a bit cheesy, but actually there is a lot to be said about running your business this way because traditionally businesses tend to be run in a very quote-unquote masculine way. It's very strategy, logic, action-oriented, and all of those things are super important and a successful business wouldn't be successful without those elements. But I am someone who also leads with my intuition and I have made many seemingly illogical business decisions based upon my intuition and based upon how I felt. And again, this is probably kind of unorthodox in the traditional business sense, but actually I think it's becoming much more popular. And especially I've noticed this within the coaching industry, within service-based businesses and with a lot of people that I work with and most people I work with are women. So I had this great conversation with Yana and I really wanted to share it with you guys because I talk a lot about basically how I run my business this way and maybe some of the decisions I have made that from a business perspective might not seem like the most intelligent, but actually made me more revenue and made me fall more in love with my business. And we also talk about things like failure, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, um, which sounds depressing, but I promise you it's not. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. And Yana is a great interviewer. interviewer. Um, and I just wanted to share it with you guys. So she very kindly let me use this audio from the summit. And I look forward to you guys hearing this one. So enjoy. So, you know, this whole summit is, and that was a great example of it, right? Head and heart at the same time during COVID, you know, we, we have the whole, oh my gosh, what does this all mean from the head and the hearts? Like this might be your opportunity, you know? And so tell me a little bit, if you don't mind about how you navigate that balance in your business. Um, you know, just the other day, great example in, in, in this summit world, I was talking with somebody and they said, I don't know, the word paradigm is so overused. You might want to come up and, you know, just all up in the head about the title around the summit. But my heart from the get-go has just been like, nope, this is what it is. It didn't even come from me. It came through me. And I can't argue with that. So that's like one of those examples of like, no, I know my whatever it needs to be clear or whatever the rules and the shoulds and the brain stuff is, but I can tell you got something. So go, go for it. <laughs> I almost, I almost sneezed. <laughs> so oh. I was like, don't sneeze. <laughs> oh, well, it looked like you played it off because like... it looks like a light bulb moment. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. I was having yeah. this like major download. Uh, no, so I've had to navigate it all the time, all the time. And I think I am someone that is a very emotional person anyway, and also a very intuitive person anyway. I've never been someone that operates purely from a logical place or from a majority of a logical place. I, I've always been someone that is led with my heart a lot in all areas of my life. And I have made many decisions that maybe on the surface don't seem logical or wise from a business perspective, but from a perspective of, I just have a feeling that I want to do this. 
So I'm going to give you a specific example. Like even recently, actually, I had a group coaching program and I had relaunched this group coaching program maybe four or five times. And it got to a point where I, the last time I launched it, very grateful for all the people inside it. I always enjoy delivering it. But I just didn't want to launch it again. And from a business perspective, that might seem not the most intelligent. There are so many reasons as to why group coaching programs are a smart thing to do. You know, you're scaling your business. It's good in terms of like your time versus how many clients you've got, like one to many. But I just didn't want to do it. I didn't feel excited about relaunching it. I just didn't fancy it, to be honest. And I actually decided to temporarily, I never like always say this is forever, but temporarily I was like, I don't want to do group coaching programs. I'm not enjoying launching them. I started to not enjoy delivering them as much. And I was like, that's not the energy that I want to go into when I'm delivering any kind of program and when I'm launching any kind of program, because as much as what I teach my clients is strategy and so much of sales is strategy, a lot of it is also how you show up and your energy and your enthusiasm behind it and your confidence. In fact, I would say that's much more important than the actual strategy that you go in with. 100%. So, yeah. So that is an, an example of a time that I've done that. Even when I first pivoted from social media management into coaching, I was only a social media manager for maybe two months. And then I was like, do you know what? I felt this pull to go into coaching and it made total sense for me. I, I used to be a teacher. I went into marketing and I was like, it makes complete sense for me to go into coaching. It's marrying the two careers together. So I just followed that pull and I'm so much happier for it. So I think it's about trusting your intuition and your gut, even if maybe it doesn't seem like the most logical thing to do at the time. Oh my goodness. So much in that. Well, first off now, I remember why I reached out to you because you had posted or did a reel or something on this very topic of the fact that I'm shutting the doors early or I'm doing something. And yes, it doesn't make sense. And I was like, that's the message right there. And so that I thank you for sharing that because it really triggered a light bulb moment in me of, oh yeah, that was what it was because so many of us, and this is like the crux of this, um, this whole conversation around the rules and that you got to do it this way. And, you know, whether it's in sales or just building your business and it leaves no room for creativity, for inspiration, for that flow. And the very reason we're sitting here today, you know, I shared a little bit about the title, but I was on a networking call with, I think like a hundred people. And I was going to announce, you know, I just finished my signature course and there was that, and all of a sudden, it, this was something that I'd been toying with in the back of my mind, but certainly had not planned logically. But here I am in front of a hundred people and it was my turn to do, you know, the pitch. And I'm like, I'm doing a summit. like where did that come from you know but it was just like allowing that and so that's so powerful and then talk about confidence right there's another added layer of confidence because you're like this was spoke through me this was inspired in a way that I can't explain and therefore I have to trust it even more than maybe I trust my logical mind And so I love that. So what do you think that people, and you can kind of take this in the direction of sales, or you can take it in the direction of marketing, however you want to um, explore this, but 
What do you think people's biggest challenges around trusting that? I think there's so much that comes up, probably more so with sales uh, and people's confidence and trusting themselves. But a huge part of sales, I think, is a lot. Okay, a lot of people worry. I don't know where my next sale is going to come from. I don't know where my next client is going to come from, especially early days in your business where there is a lot more uncertainty. You get to a point, hopefully, where your business is more consistent and you've got a steady stream of clients. And of course, the anxiety dissipates when you're at that point because, and there's other problems, I'm sure. But at the beginning, it's very uncertain and you feel very vulnerable. You're maybe selling your services and no one's reaching out and inquiring. There is a lot of trust involved trust in yourself and trust that your message is getting delivered to the right people. Trust that people are actually listening, even if they're not clicking a like button, just trusting that you're saying the right thing and that you're making the right moves every single day to actually get you to that next stage in business, whatever that might look like for you. I see a lot of things happen with sales. So say for instance, uh, someone is on a sales call with someone, they're on a discovery call and they are really holding on to the outcome. And it's the most frustrating thing to hear, like detach from the outcome, detach from the outcome. It's like, oh my God, I know. Like if it was that simple, I'd do it. I can't explain how important it is to do that. You need to have total confidence in yourself and your services. So when I get on a sales call, for example, I know that that person on the other end of the call needs what I have to sell without a doubt in my mind. I'm like, I know my offer is great. I know they need this. They probably know on a deep level that they need this. Whether they go for it or not is actually not my problem. So that's the energy that I go into a sales conversation with. Where I find people tend to go wrong in sales is where they don't have that trust in themselves, in the other person, in the process that they are clinging on desperately they start to second guess everything they say in the DMs. They start to second guess everything they say on a discovery call. They might discount their prices Mm -hmm. because they're afraid. So everything is like deeply rooted in fear of losing the sale, which by feeling that way and thinking that way, you actually (laughs) end up turning it into a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And energy, I'm not a super woo-woo person, to be honest. Like I'm definitely interested in it and I'm interested in spirituality and things like that. But even if you're not into that, energy translates you can feel energy even if it's through a text even if it's through a dm and when the person on the other end of a sales conversation feels that you're desperate for that sale it's going to repel them and we don't want that so that's a very (laughs) long-winded example for you there but i think there's so much i could talk about when it comes to to sales and trusting yourself and yeah It's so, it's so true. Everything that you just said and, you know, energetically, and I, I like to compare it to dating because we all have experienced that, right. (laughs) Where you sit across the table from somebody, they won't shut up. They're just going on and on. You can tell that they're trying too hard. They're pushing and, you know, all of those things. And it just, it's from that fear place. And you, you can, feel it. You can smell it. It's so obvious. And it's so (laughs) funny to me how much, because I had no idea, you know, I was in sales for over 20 years. So I had a totally different view on sales when I became a sales coach. (laughs) I thought people 
you know, recognized that they had to do it. I thought people, I didn't realize they hated it as much (laughs) and resisted it as much, but now I see why, because there's very few models out there, at least um, that people are aware of where you, it shouldn't feel like you're having to convince. It shouldn't feel like you're having to pressure. All of that is the absolute opposite of what it needs to look like. And, you know, like I said, just the whole dating scene, like you, the last thing you want to do is come across as desperate. And so it was sort of a big wake up call for me around this process of, oh, okay. So we really have to like totally re like wipe the state slate clean on the sales conversation because there's a lot of bad examples out there and people are sort of done, you know? Yes. yes. And so and, and I, I actually did a post about this sales is like dating. Oh, you did. <laughs> yes. Me and I did all these correlations between it because if we're going to use that same sort of um, analogy, if you go on a date and you're like, I really hope they like me. I really hope they like me. You don't want to be on a date with that person because like it, a, it's like low self-worth. It's just not very attractive, bit desperate. You should go on that date and go, I hope I like them because I right. like them. And if they don't like me, they're not my person. And that's exactly how you show up on sales calls. I hope that I want to work with this person. I know I'm great. I know my program's great. They can take it or leave it. And that's the energy you want to show up with in all areas of your life. Absolutely. Own who you are and what you have to offer because it's nothing to shy away from and it doesn't have to be forced on anybody. Definitely not. Yeah. So why do you think that we have, how have we gotten ourselves into this mess then? Where did this all come from? If my, my whole thing is if nobody likes it, nobody wants to do it, you know, at least the old fashioned way, then why, why is it even still a thing? I think there's a lot of misunderstanding out there about what sales is. There's a real stigma around sales and what that means and what that looks like and what kind of person you have to be to be in sales People think you've got to be this real extrovert, like, you know, loudest person in the room. You're trying to convince people. You're trying to manipulate people. Yes. You're trying to push an agenda on someone who doesn't necessarily want it. You won't take no for an answer. That is one type of sales, perhaps. And I'm sure we've all encountered that kind of salesperson at some point in our lives. But We've also encountered many other ways of selling. And I think that's the only one that we think of that, that sleeps yeah. our salesperson when actually we are te- really, we're selling ourselves all the time. We're just not really aware of it. So even if you're saying to someone like, oh, there's this really great place. We should go out for dinner. You're selling that place to your friend. Right. You're describing it or like same thing, going on a date, like, or creating a dating profile for yourself. That dating profile is selling what you are to someone. Right. You want to make it appealing. There are so many areas in our life that we're doing it and we don't really realize. Um, and so I think it's just like rewiring the way that we see sales. And actually, it sounds really cheesy and cliche, but selling is service. You are solving people's problems in exchange for money. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. You're not trying to manipulate people. You're not convincing people. You're not pushing people because again, we're showing up in that energy of, Hey, I see your problem. I've got a solution for your problem. Here's the solution. If you want, if you want to buy it, here it is. 
And that's all it is. Just giving them the opportunity to buy. And, you know, one thing I love about what you were saying is where would we be if we didn't have some of our, if somebody didn't share with us their favorite products, right? If you just didn't happen to see, I mean, how grateful are you to have your top five, you know, go to couldn't live without things. And it wouldn't be where it wouldn't be in your house. It wouldn't be with you had somebody not positioned it, you know, and in such a way that you go, that's, that's, I love that. Right. So there's nothing slimy about that. It's just an opportunity. Right. And the, I just, it's just so interesting how that stigma around the way that, you know, the, the few that still just really insist on that's the way it has to be. That pushiness is still what sticks in everybody's mind. I just, I, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because, you know, the old way people would be like, well, that's your competition. Like you, you know, you can't be having this conversation. That's the person you have to beat. And I just don't believe that that's part of this whole heart-based approach to living, to being is that's not true, right? You're going to resonate with who you resonate with. I'm going to resonate with, there's no zero sum game here. We live in an abundant universe. And so I just, I just love that we're able to have this conversation. And, and frankly, I think it it's time that the, the more feminine energy gets involved in it, Absolutely. you know, that it, it can come from the heart and it doesn't have to be this hustle and grind and that manipulation and the slime. And so I really, really love that. And, you know, for all of you out there about the whole, un, you know, do you have to practice non-attachment, right? Think of the way you feel when you recommend, like you were saying, a nice restaurant or a new workout routine. You're just sharing what's on your heart because you had a great experience with it and you just want to transfer that same feeling to somebody else, you know, and if you can approach your sales calls, like you were saying, like, I know I can help this person. And maybe sometimes you can't, maybe they're in a different place and that is not a good fit for both. Right. But when you know, as the coach that you can help this person and that you can see the vision and hold that vision for them that maybe they don't entirely believe in for themselves. That's not sales. That's transferring a feeling, right? And inspiring them to what? Go after their dreams. <laughs> oh no. You know, <laughs> like so I just I love that we're really sort of flipping this on its head because it's time for people to step into their power around this. So you know, if you had to really look at everything, you've come so far in just, you know, a short amount of time. And I, I'm just commend you for, for all the work that you're doing. Um, what would you say? What, I don't really love the word mistake, but if there's anything that you learned earlier on or anything you would like the listeners to know, a, a tip or something, what would you, what would you recommend? Oh my gosh, so many things. I've made <laughs> so many mistakes and failed so much. I mean, and I I have this podcast that I love uh, called How to Fail with Elizabeth Day and she's flipping the narrative on failure and she talks about how failure is a good thing. She interviews, yeah, so I highly recommend it. She's an amazing interviewer and she interviews celebrities and well-known figures. What are your three biggest failures? What did you learn from it? How, have it, how has it led you to where you are today? So sidetrack, but 
I've learned so much from so many things that I've done quote unquote wrong in my business. But honestly, one of my favorite quotes as well is um, if you want to double your success rate, triple your failure rate. Oh yeah. And I love it. It's so I good. I just got because, chills. I yes, love that. Because that's the difference between someone that succeeds and then someone that gives up is that the person that succeeds is just willing to fail much more than the person that gives up. I had one of my very first launches. In fact, my very first launch was a total failure. I think everyone's had a first launch failure story, to be honest with you. But I was disorganized. I left everything to the last minute. I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing, which wasn't necessarily my fault, but I could have been better prepared and learned more about it and known that this is my blind spot. I need help and reach out for help. And I ended up doing a masterclass and then pitching my offer at the end of the masterclass but freaking out. I remember this, oh my God, sweating as I was doing it. And then I ended up having a big sort of like moment after that. And this again, may be an example of me listening to my heart over my head, because it definitely was my heart being like, I don't feel proud of this offer because I rushed it and I don't want to launch it. So I actually canned the entire launch and after that, I learned so much like one, and I'm actually launching a program about launching at the moment but a huge part of it is organization, like be more organized. Um, You know, if you feel like there is an area in your business that you do not feel confident in, if there's a blind spot, learn about it, like invest in it. If you can't afford to invest in a coach, there is so much out there. We live in the age of information, Google it, read a book, listen to a podcast. There's so much you can find out there. And I think they were the biggest things that I learned along the way. And also just one of the biggest things is that a huge lesson is that when things don't feel like they're going well, or you're going through a little bit of a tough patch, keep going. If you want it enough, keep going because you will go through tough patches where you're like, what am I doing? Like I could have just been in a nine to five with that stability. (laughs) What am I doing? Like, am I like a sadist? Like what is going on? But If you stick with it and put in the work and be consistent and invest in yourself and learn and are hungry for it, you will be rewarded. Um, There have been so many times where I could have given up, especially in the first year of business. And now I'm being rewarded for all the effort and and time and energy and money that I've put into my business. Um, Yeah. So that's a lot, but that's what I would say. Um, I'm so glad you touched on this too, because I don't know that we've really touched on this a lot so far in, in discussions with people. And it is one of the most crucial things I think for people to understand is, um, this is a quote by, is it Christian Mickelson, but, and I'm going to butcher it cause that's what I do, but you'll get the gist. And it's basically the road to success is, is paved with steps of failure you know, and that's really just part of it. It's not this whole notion that I hear from some of my clients. Like, I just don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to make a mistake. Like that's just not part of it. That's like saying, I want to go swimming, but I don't want to get wet. You know, like you can't do both right. In order to learn to swim, you have to get wet and that's just part of it. And so if that's keeping anybody stuck, if that's part of your narrative going on in your head, just take it from some of us that have traveled a little bit further down this road. It's begin the sooner you can embrace that piece and go forward and learn from it. And like you said, you learn so much and then it just becomes another piece of who you are. 
And then you get to take that into the next and there will be another piece that you get to eat. And so thank you for bringing that up because I just think I see so many people have these unrealistic expectations. That's a huge thing. Actually, I've been thinking about lately is I think, especially in the coaching industry and with the nature of social media, it feels like a highlight reel anyway. It always has been, but in the coaching industry, all you're flooded with is wins, 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 wins. And you think everyone else is killing it seemingly overnight. I'm a failure. Why isn't it working for me? I expect to make a 5k tank and I hate this whole narrative anyway, but I I expect to be making 5k months by the end of this three months, 30, 30 days, 30 days. in. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, like that probably won't happen for you. hate to break it to you because we are flooded with unrealistic expectations and people are too afraid to fail. And I mean, you have to, it's like, yeah, I love the analogy you gave. I want to learn how to swim, but I don't want to get my hair wet. I want to learn how to ride a bike, but I don't want to fall off the bike. I you could, I mean, we could go on and on and on. But right. one thing I do say to my clients is, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this, but I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I, it's not going to be a really bad one, don't worry. Um, but I, <laughs> I always say like, if they're really struggling with perfectionism, I, cause I'm not a perfectionist. So it's probably easy for me to say, but I always just say, don't be afraid to be shit at something. The first time you do something, it might be shit. Give yourself permission to be crap at something. Oh man. And yeah. then it gets slightly better and better because I think when you release that expectation that this launch has to be a 10 K launch, it's like, no, it might be a terrible launch, but at least you just go in and you're like giving it a good red hot go. Yes. And you know, the thing that really resonates with me and all of this is everybody loves a good blooper reel, right? It's so, it's so great because you're human. So this notion of doing it perfectly, it's not relatable. It's not achievable. So you're just setting yourself up to be disappointed. So why, why, where does this come from? This notion of perfectionism. And one other thing that came to mind about those 5k, 10k and 30 day months is this, what if you did, what if you started day one and you had a 10k launch in 30 days, would you ever know how to duplicate that? Like, what did you learn? You're like, Ooh, you're probably sitting back like, so that worked out. (laughs) Not sure if I could ever do it again, but lucky me, you know, so why not take that knowledge and apply it next time? Because I love the quote and here we go again, something along the lines of, (laughs) you know, the biggest entrepreneurs out there, they didn't learn from their biggest successes. It was from the failures that really changed them, transformed them, helped them grow to who they are today. That was the interview that I did with Yana. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. These are the kind of conversations that I love having and I want to have more on this podcast. I always want to make sure that I'm teaching you a lot on this podcast, but I also want to have more of these kind of conversations because these are kind of conversations that I'm really interested in. I think they work really well in long form, podcast form. And uh, yeah, so get ready to see more of it is what I'm trying to say. And in the meantime, definitely go and check out Yana. I'm going to leave all of her details in the show notes below. She's wonderful, such a lovely lady, and has lots of stuff on her Instagram for you to check out. So definitely go and check her out there. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. Bye.